Good morning. Good morning. I really want to thank you for being here and uh, welcome you to the third, but not yet final, of our services on this Holy Week. If you've never participated in a Holy Saturday service, and many people haven't, if this is your first time, there is a little bit of context that's inside the bulletin to kind of explain why we're here, what we're doing, and why it's a little different. I won't read that, but I will tease out a couple of things for you. This service is obviously um, a little different in the sense that it's quiet. Um, we will sing one song, but we will sing it repetitively. We'll sing a verse at a time, and interspersed with that will be the scripture that's appropriate today, and then a brief meditation that I'll share that hopefully will give some more context, both to why we observe Holy Saturday and how to enter into the uniqueness of this space. I want to encourage you, I know there aren't many of us here, if you have a cell phone and you uh, haven't checked, make sure it's on silent or uh, turned off, and if you think you've checked it, go ahead and check it again, um, you never know. And the last thing I want to encourage you to do, which is part of our tradition, we'll end this service again in a uh, very silent way after the song is repeated for the final time. But what I want to encourage you to do if you're able to stay is part of our tradition on Holy Saturday is to bring in and put up our calla lily cross. And if you don't know what that is, you'll, you can obviously stay and watch, but if you're also able-bodied, you can help <laughs> to put it up. It's quite, it's quite a, a weight. And part of this, for me, out of this tradition is we're remembering the death of Jesus today. And Jesus died and his body had to be put in the tomb. Someone, someones had to carry it. And for me, I always think about that when we're carrying in that cross and we're putting it up. It, it is heavy, it requires many people, but it's a way, again, for us in a, in a tangible way to sort of identify with that awkward, um, that devastating moment of Christ's body being lowered in the tomb. So if you're able to stay just to watch, it is something to see, um, but if you're also able to stay to help, we encourage you afterwards not just to, to rush out, but to be part uh, of that tradition as well. And then lastly, you may not know coming here today that we also... Um, are celebrating the Sacrament of Baptism this afternoon. We're going down to Seabridge Park. We do this every year on Holy Saturday. That's Mother's Beach, it's also known as. And we have several people who are going to be baptized for the first time into the faith and others who are going to be reaffirming their baptism. Uh, I always want to extend the invitation if you want to be baptized, <laughs> we'll come down. To, we would be honored uh, to help you experience that life-giving, life-transforming moment. Um, but if you just want to come as the body of Christ, whether you're a part of our church or another church, we're a community. Just to celebrate with those who are being baptized or who are reaffirming their baptism, you're more than welcome to come, and we can give you directions to get there on your way out. Right after that takes place at Seabridge Park, by the way, we'll be having a very light barbecue where we're just going to celebrate the day together in anticipation of tomorrow, and you're welcome to participate in that also. With all that being said, I invite you to just breathe and enter into this very unique space as we remember this part of our story when Jesus was dead. Thank you. 
the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15. It was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurions, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, sat where he was laid. Yesterday, we witnessed the end of the beginning, the last act in the fall of humanity. Our separation from God, the nakedness, fear, and shame of the knowledge of good and evil culminated in the darkness and abandonment of the cross of Good Friday, the tree of Golgotha. Today is Holy Saturday, the day after. The drama of Holy Week dies down today because, well, God is dead. Today is the day we face the stone-cold reality of death, of his death, and therefore our death. As we place the broken body of Jesus into the tomb, it is our own lives, our dead selves, that we are burying. Wrapped in grave cloths of our own failures and sins, Jesus is dead because so are we. And we are as good as dead because he is. We don't like to linger here in death, our death. We do our best to ignore the specter of death even as it continually looms over our lives. As death stares us in the face through a world mired by violence and marked with disease, even as mortality shows its hand through the aging and breaking down of our own bodies right before our very eyes, 
we try our best to look the other way. We learn this response from our first parents, Adam and Eve. They hid too. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and like them, we've been running away from, living in denial of death ever since. And when death comes anyway, we do not take the necessary time to grieve and to mourn. We just try to move past it, even when it comes to Jesus. We like to wear our crosses empty. We'd rather worship a living God than pay attention to a dead one, hence the empty pews. <laughs> we don't have the patience to bear our Holy Saturday. And that's why this day is less and less known and if acknowledged, remains mostly unobserved because honestly, we are far too busy with our preparations for tomorrow. We'd prefer to just skip over to Easter Sunday rather than sit in Holy Saturday. But we forget we have that luxury, the luxury of choosing not to wait, the privilege of ignoring rather than entering the silence of today. The first disciples didn't have that option. Today, unexpectedly, shockingly, and forcibly came upon them. The Messiah they had pinned all their hopes on, having breathed his last and given up his spirit, is now nothing more than a corpse. Their Lord is dead and gone. The tortured and broken body of Christ lies in the grave. This is not where they planned to be when they started this journey. But this is where they are. The tomorrow we take for granted, they didn't have yet. They lacked the privilege of hindsight. Their Saturday didn't know Sunday was coming. In the aftermath of the cross, the silence before them was not a pregnant pause, but the cold, hard sound of nothingness. And nothing is more unnerving when you are alone than calling out and no one answers back. Together, but alone, we can imagine them huddled together behind locked doors, trying to speak, but lacking the words, gathering around the table, but finding no appetite, drifting off to sleep, but continually waking up screaming or sobbing. Today, ironically, it was the Sabbath, the day of rest, but there is no rest for them, for the weary and the grieving. We often have words we try to share with others when they're grieving loss, well-meaning but unhelpful attempts at consolation. Despite our best, best intentions, they are never comforting or satisfying. Then, or now. Because for Jesus, for God to have died, negates the logic of all consolations. I mean, what comfort is there in the platitude, everything happens for a reason, when our reason for living, the God who gave us life, is lifeless in a tomb? Where is our basis for hope in hearing, God will use this for my good, if the one we believed was God is as good as dead?
and buried. My friends, when you live in the space between life and death, there is nothing to say. Nothing you can say. When you can't get out of that place between total sleep and wakefulness, sometimes it just doesn't seem real. You don't feel real, but it is real. It happened. The bitter tears, the ache of hopelessness, the dizzying shame, all of it is real and all of it matters. We may choose to ignore the day known as Holy Saturday, but no one escapes Holy Saturday. When devastating loss inevitably hits us, we all experience the reality that is Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday is the moment when darkness has descended and it's so thick, there is nothing to make you think it'll be all right because it won't be all right. It can't be all right. The worst has occurred and nothing will ever be the same again. The question of now what haunts us, not as a puzzle to be solved, but a prison we must enter. Doubt and fear become our inmates as we begin to wonder whether we've been fooled by our faith and we start to ask ourselves whether it's worth believing at all. That's how it feels when you're living in Holy Saturday. It may be the death of a loved one. It could be witnessing the dismantling and destruction of a life's work. It might be confronting the end of some hope upon which we hinged our future. But when the bottom drops out beneath us, when our hearts become so broken they can only ache, when life lands a blow so crippling we struggle just to breathe, let alone move forward, when the confusion, the grief, and the loss are so great that our faith fails us and we fear our life is over, we find ourselves at Holy Saturday. Why? Why does God leave us at the grave? Why does Jesus wait and remain for three days in the confines of the tomb? Why does the one who is capable of rebuilding the temple in three days choose not to rebuild it immediately? Maybe part of the answer is Jesus remains dead to truly meet us in the deadness, the tombstones of our lives. Because Holy Saturday is the realization that God's identification with us goes beyond the agony of death and into the silence of the grave. In that deafening silence that mutes the past, in that profound absence that haunts our present, in that blank, empty space that looks to be our future, as we find ourselves stuck in the grave or unable to get beyond the tomb, we find God in Christ with us. Sometimes the experience of Holy Saturday, releasing our pain, acknowledging our doubts, Confessing our weakness can be the closest to Jesus we ever get. Our most intimate, moving, and healing experiences of his presence in our lives. Then again, perhaps Christ's death is simultaneously a truth about God being with us in death, as well as making us face the truth about death's inescapability. What I'm saying is maybe another reason Jesus remains dead for three days is so that we might actually face death 
rather than skirt by it. Death needs to be taken seriously because God takes it seriously. And the truth is on this Holy Saturday, there are three deaths we must confront. Typically, when we speak of or think of death, if we speak or think of it at all, it is usually our physical death we have in mind. And this is our first death. This is our death from sin. This is our death because of sin. From the beginning, the scriptures make it clear, the wages of sin is death. In our rebellion against and our rejection of the author of life, the triune God, we die in the sense of being separated from God, from each other, even ourselves. This relational breakdown, this fall from innocence, ultimately culminates in our physical death. That sometimes surprising, but always eventual cessation of our lives. The certainty of our physical death is a timeless truth. From dust we have come, and to dust we shall return. Try as we may through life-extending surgeries, age-reducing diets or tonics or other artificial means, there is no avoiding our death. We enter a world where the clock is ticking. From the moment of our birth, we enter a broken world and therefore we are subject to the tragic that each day is not a given, that there are no guarantees about tomorrow. The burial of Jesus, Holy Saturday, is first about acknowledging the reality, the inevitability of our death from sin. But then there is our second death. Our second death is our death to sin having the power of sin broken in our lives. This is the reversal of being dead from sin and alienated from the life of God that's accomplished by Jesus' willing sacrifice on the cross. Holy Saturday, in other words, is about realizing in order to believe God was resurrected, we must first believe he died. In sitting before the tomb and acknowledging his death because of our sin, mourning why it happened, Reflecting on what it accomplishes and how it changes things, we are challenged to die to sin, to die to our sin. For when by faith we embrace this gracious love offering from Jesus, we not only receive forgiveness from our mistakes, our flaws and willful disobedience, we also receive the power to live without fear of sin. Believing in the power of Christ's death can transform us, enable us to die to sin, to no longer be bound, trapped by the guilt and shame born of our transgressions. Believing in the power of Christ's death will give us the ability to find ourselves able by the grace of God to break the cycle of our inclination towards rejecting and defying God, consciously or unconsciously hurting each other and repeatedly sabotaging our best selves. The scriptures are clear. Our death to sin brings us back into life, the life of God. The life of God from which we were cut off when we died from sin. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We die from sin. We die to sin. But the third and final death Holy Saturday forces us to confront is perhaps 
the most difficult one for us to face. Recognizing our death from sin and then accepting our death to sin, thanks to Jesus, leads us to die to ourselves. Dying to ourselves is different than dying to sin. Sin is the actualization, the manifestation of our rebellion. Dying to self is letting go of the choice that always leads to sin. The choice to live for ourselves. The choice to follow our will rather than his will. The choice of autonomy in our relationship with God. In burying Jesus in the tomb, Holy Saturday challenges us both to acknowledge the God who surprised us by dying in the name of love and at the same time to realize that in so dying, Jesus put to death the God whom we create in our image, the God whom we create in our likeness, the God of self. For why did we kill Christ? Because he wasn't the God we envisioned. He wasn't the Messiah we were looking for. And dying to self is dying to creating our own meaning. Dying to living according to our own agenda. Dying to seeking to build our own kingdom. And daring to justify such idolatry in the name of God. Dying to self is choosing to live for Christ. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. And sitting before the tomb, Holy Saturday reminds us, dying to self is the only way to make room for the promise of resurrection, of Christ living in me. Dying to self and living for Christ is coming to appreciate while we may have eternity before us, we cannot take tomorrow for granted. Jesus came to give us life, life to the full. And spending time in death on Holy Saturday separates the wheat from the chaff in our lives. Spending time in death on Holy Saturday forces us to confront what really matters and what really doesn't. What's worth living for and what isn't. For it's only when we face death, the possibility of loss, that we do not take the life we have been given for granted. And so you see, the black and white emptiness of Holy Saturday gives our life in Christ color and substance because it makes us appreciate how important every moment is, how every experience, every relationship counts. The love we have been given through the death of Christ cannot wait until tomorrow. It must be shared today. The writer of the Hebrews put it this way, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. everyone. On Holy Saturday, here lies Jesus. By the grace of God, dead. Dead. So we can live. As we stand at the wall of the world's ruin, as we sit beside the stone behind which our Savior lies deceased, Holy Saturday is an opportunity for us to face and accept the inevitability of death in our lives. 
It is a time to meditate upon the three deaths we must all confront and to realize that it is dying with Christ, dying from sin, dying to sin, and dying to ourselves that we live in Christ. After the losses of Good Friday, we need to stop and mourn on Holy Saturday. However, we were never meant to stay here. Up ahead, new life awaits. But only those who face the silence suspended between loss and hope and who are willing to confront the pain and grieve the reality of life that comes through death can truly experience the gift that is the boundless joy and freedom of Easter. For tomorrow is not first and foremost a holiday about bunnies we catch or hidden eggs we find and snatch up. We do not pull ourselves up to the truth of the resurrection on our own. We have tomorrow not by our own effort, but through his. We will rise because he does. Therefore, beloved in Christ, let us be still and know that he is God. That he is God even in the grave. As we seek, as we ask, as we knock, just as he told us to, let us wait. Let us wait for his mercies, which are new every morning. Let us wait for the Lord more than those who watch for the sunrise. And with our eyes on the horizon, let us brace ourselves for the eternal dawn that tomorrow will bring. Though the first taste of Holy Saturday is bitter, there will be sweetness tomorrow. Tomorrow and forevermore, when we finally taste and see not the ashes of our death, but the fruit of our salvation in Christ. Amen. from Isaiah. Even youths grow weary and tired, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let us wait. Let us hope in the Lord. Go in peace.